0: How have you been then you've been all right mate
1: not not too bad thanks yeah just uh trying to get on with things like everybody else yeah teaching kids from home every now and again yeah never thought i'd <laughs> be <me> doing that
2: <laughs> yeah so it's a bit fun isn't it that i, like, I had to the a beanstalk over the weekend out of toilet rolls
1: <laughs> <laughs> not had to do anything like that yeah
2: quite enjoyed it <laughs> oh, it's, like, it's better than my real job
1: <laughs> right, if it's
0: all right, Liam, we'll, uh, we'll get straight on with it. Yeah, of course, yeah. Cool. So, if it's all right, I just want to start right at the beginning of your, your career with Arsenal. and with, I think you was a graduate there, wasn't you, as well? Yes, what, yeah, yeah. What was it like being part of such a
1: massive sort of youth setup? probably one of the world's best? Um, it, it was brilliant. I mean, looking back now, I appreciate it a lot more. Um, not, not that I didn't at the time, but you don't realize what you've got. Um, we had the best coaches. We had, um, Don Howe from like 16 till I was like 19, I think. Um, you know, managed Arsenal, been involved with England a few times. Um, it, it was just everyone that surrounded the club was, had some sort of high profile. So head of youth development was Liam Brady. Um, obviously, Wenger was the was the manager there, but um, at the time they were trying to bring through like Paul Davis and stuff as coaches and Steve Bold. So um, it, it was brilliant. You get tra- treated fantastically, um, but it just seems normal. That, that's that's yeah. the problem. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah. I suppose I wonder if players sort of appreciate that more if if they go the other way and sort of come up. Through the yeah,
1: lower I, and get I, I think I think you would. Um, I mean, I I was always quite grounded. That's one thing I always tried to be. I didn't want to yeah. try and think I was better than I ever was. I wasn't that type of player. But um, you know, you went out on loan to. I went to Northampton. I think maybe when I was about twen- nineteen, twenty,
4: mm.
1: and it was a different world. But we'd been brought up in such a way that you know we, we were able to play. At whatever level and any style we were, you know, we had to play at. But it was good. I remember coming back and I had uh, Eddie Nevetsky at the time was the reserve team manager, and he just, I think he asked me in front of everybody else, what, what's what was the difference? And I said, everybody, everybody's playing to pay their mortgage. Yeah, and you didn't have, you didn't have that at Arsenal, but you know, at League One, League Two players did want their bonuses because it made the difference between having a, a bit more spending money or be able to pay everything they needed to. And, and I, I think that's something that gets missed now. I think everybody, everybody thinks every player's on a million pounds a year or more, and it's it's not the case.
2: No. <laughs> really, like every player we've had on who maybe started out with a massive club, they've all said that exact pretty much to the word what you have there, where the difference going from like, I remember Ben Formley was at Man United and he went to Huddersfield and there's other players off the top of my head i'm struggling to think of now but... Tommy
3: Lee one, weren't he? he went from united
2: Tommy Lee, yeah went from united to... uh was it macclesfield, macclesfield yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and they all say that like so you're getting pinned up in dressing room because for win bonuses that yeah arrow was a re- it was a joke that like my win bonus and he did that to pay me bills yeah. and stuff and I, th- I think that is probably totally lost especially now when you've got the chelsea youth team probably the arsenal youth team too earning five to ten k if not more, probably at, at that age now, it's probably crazy different.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's I, I can't, I can't ever complain what I earned there, but it, it wasn't, wasn't anywhere near what people would think it is because yeah. they just see at the time Dennis Bergkamp or Thierry Henry thinking that's what you know everybody earns at the club, <laughs> <laughs> but I can tell you it wasn't, and um, <laughs> it, it was just yeah, like I said, it's, it's eye-opening to go to a to another club and, and see those things and, like I said, see people's reactions because it does mean so much to them. Not not that they love football, but with, with football, it, it brings you the ability to, to have a better life. Um, yeah. So especially lower down where you really have to fight for it. But yeah, like I said, the youth team lads now, um, I've heard stories of boys on like 14 grand a week. Yeah. never played a first-team game, went on loan to a League Two team and they sent him back and said he won't make it as a footballer. He's on <laughs> 14 grand a week. So he, he was, you know, if, as long as he looked after his money, he's pretty much set himself up there as long as he doesn't yeah. mess things up massively. So, I'd take it, right? Like, if,
0: yeah. if I was there now, <laughs> i <take> right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. yeah. It so, I'll is... oh, go on, sorry, Josh.
3: No, I'm just going to say, you, you wondered if that might be why players maybe lose the hunger because when there's that much money involved, you know, like you say, league, league one, league two, you're fighting for that win. You're fighting to get a better contract, to pay your mortgage, to pay your bills. If you're on 14 grand a week at 18 and you've never made a first team appearance, do you, do you care if you win? Probably not. <laughs> yeah,
1: I, I, yeah. I think, like you said, if if they've not sort of bought the kids up correctly in the youth teams, and grounded yeah. them. Um, I think now there's a big thing about trying to get, deliberately give kids setbacks mm. so they know what it's like. Um, but I don't think it's anything different as to ever what's been done before. I remember reading something about Bergkamp and Ajax deliberately dropped him from like an under 18s to go and play for the under 16s right. because they wanted to see a reaction from him. Yeah, And, and he did. He went down and he what he had to and, and he was straight back again but yeah. some lads can't do that and then I started to see it towards the end of my career as, as boys came through that the resilience gone it, it wasn't there they, they couldn't take being shouted at yeah they'd, they'd almost like well up they would going to their shelves and it yeah it, it changed but I think every footballer <laughs> every 10 15 years I think will say the same thing oh football's changed football's gone yeah yeah, yeah. It, it's um it's it's evolving all the time but Football ultimately doesn't change. The, the actual game you're playing doesn't change. You yeah. still can see goals the same way, score them the same way. Yeah. Um, it's just the whole mindset thing. And mm. tackling in particular, I mean, it does my head in. <laughs> <laughs> People just can't tackle anymore. Like, okay. I, I was in Mane last night. I know he caught him with his foot, but yeah, a few yeah. years ago, that was a good challenge. He's won yeah, the ball yeah. and he's taken the player. It's uh, just, like I said, it just shows it, it changes very quickly. But uh, I don't think I'd have been on the pitch very long
2: now. <laughs> <laughs> um, on your Arsenal career then, Liam, obviously, before you left, I'm just wondering what it was like in training. Did you, from your perspective, did you get the opportunity to go up against the likes of, God, for that period, what, Henri, Perez, Vieira, Bergkamp? What were they like? Yeah. Did they ever inter- interact with you? And what was, what was yeah. that like? Uh,
1: it, again, it, it's brilliant looking back now. Um, I, I, you know, I was lucky to a degree to to have you know been there and, and been involved with those players, especially when they were at a time when they were so successful. Um, but yeah, for for a period of time, I I was training with, with the first team, and um, it was it was a brilliant experience. The, the lads were all good. I can't couldn't say any of them were out of order or anything like that. They never sort of looked down on you uh, in any way. Um, it, it was it was brilliant. Like I said, you had Omri, Burkham. From my point of view, Tony Adams was there, Keo was there, yeah. Sol Campbell sort of came towards the end as I was leaving. Um, but yeah, it, it was it was brilliant to go in there and test yourselves with those those sorts of players. And uh, yeah, it's something I look back look back on fondly. Um, but yeah, it's, and it only seems like yesterday. The more the more you think about it. <laughs> it feels like you're still 18 but unfortunately i'm not had another 20 years on top of it Uh, you're close but no it was brilliant and like i said all the lads were willing to to try and help you um it it was fantastic absolutely brilliant yeah
0: amazing. well that's amazing so from arsenal then you did join colchester after a successful loan spell what was what was sort of your reasoning behind leaving Arsenal? Did you want to go out and get, because I know you had a couple of loans and, and whatnot previously, did you want to go out and sort of become a first-team regular and settle down somewhere?
1: Yeah, I, I think, like I said, my first loan was Northampton and, and I really enjoyed that. I only went for a month, but it was over Christmas, so I played, played around about eight games or something like that. Um, and you just get a taste for it then. You, you want to be in first-team football and then you get used to playing it. And then when you come back to the reserves, that then you just you're not happy to see things go wrong. So I remember we played Chelsea, and um, I think it was the left back at the time made two the same mistake twice. It cost us goals twice. And for some reason, Pat Rice had taken the game that day, and he was trying to like talk him round. And you know, you done well, son. Oh, he's well, not good enough. He's made two two the same mistake twice. It cost us two goals. And I think within a few days I was out on loan again. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I mean, I love going out on loan, I I did. I gained something from it every time. Um, And like you said, when when it came to it, um, I could have actually gone to the season before, I could have gone to Northampton permanently. Or Colchester permanently.
4: Mm.
1: Uh, There was a little bit of messing around with the Northampton deal. Um, my agent at the time had got another player in on the back of me and said, "You're only getting him if you yeah. sign this player as well." Yeah, okay. Then, when I looked at the contract, he was earning twice the commission he should have been earning. Mm-hmm. And I actually signed the contract at Northampton.
4: Yeah,
1: and I was due to go out to um, America after a preseason game. I sat and watched the game, and it basically all went tits up. (laughs) I sat there and I thought, no, this isn't right. People are taking money they shouldn't be taking. I felt a bit pressured into it. Like the agent wanted me to go more than anything. Um, And I had to walk out on the pitch after the game to uh, the manager at the time. Martin, I can't think what his second name was. And uh, he was absolutely brilliant. He said, I understand why you're doing it. You know, you've got to do what's right for you. The chairman, on the other hand, he didn't like it he called me a greedy greedy bastard and this and that but he never he never knew what the actual truth was it wasn't the yeah i i did it i thought for the right reasons which is i was being pressured into it and people were making money they shouldn't be making yeah um and then it came what's well, good i couldn't really go back to arsenal i could have trained but things move quickly and you're out the win out of the picture so phil parkinson came in and said do you want to come here on for a, for a season low so i said yeah jumped to the chance loved it i was out of contract at the end of that season and then i signed there permanently for two years and uh, mm. it was a great time to go because it there was myself there was uh, richard garcia went there uh craig fagan mm. uh Yacy, andrew yates we had george alakobi and greg halford and okay. we, we had we had a really good squad okay. i think pretty much every single one of us went on to play at least championship and, okay. and a few played premiership so um no it was a, it was a great time to be there we got promoted and uh yeah that was um that sort of got me back on track that's what sort of got me used to playing football properly as, as a man really uh week in week out And so, no it was great i really, I really enjoyed the time at colchester
2: and jamie Kerr and the the lower league thierry henry we've used it yeah. before like 20-odd yeah. goals didn't he i think
1: yeah, Kuro turned up on loan initially. I think the, the year I left, um, it was a great. Lad. He scored, scored plenty of goals. We had Chris Ibalumu, and obviously the yeah. the season, they, the first season in the championship, I left that season, and went to Preston. Mm. But that was the year that uh, Chris and Kuro did did really well. Um, and I think we we went there and we lost. I think if we'd have got a draw or one we would have got in the playoffs yeah. <laughs> um, but it was just just one of those things but no I mean I, I still look out for the results now Colchester it was um, a bit different new ground and stuff now but um, it, it was still a, still a club I look out for and I, I really enjoyed the time I played there yeah
0: what makes your mind upon then signing for Colchester so I know you say you was out of contract and you sort of you was there on a season loan before do you get the sort of vibe from the manager as well like Phil Parkinson like a bit of Sort of guiding you and sort of showing you a bit of love as a player type thing to come in, or is it just you want to get that first team football?
1: Yeah, I think I think with Phil in particular, that was his first management job. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he was young himself. He probably he didn't. I don't think he knew this. I played against him when he was a player. Um, <laughs> I just remember this fella with a gun shield in. Playing at Reading, he used to he did a lap of the pitch before the game, clapping all the fans, and he just ran around the pitch like an absolute loony. Uh, but he ended up being my manager. Uh, I don't think he ever knew I played against him, but he I liked him. I I I know he's recently lost a job at Sunderland and stuff, mm-hmm. but he's got a way that he wants to play, and if everybody in the squad takes it on board, it will work. Yeah, and I think that's where he struggled when. He was in the championship and things like that he, you end up with players who played at higher levels um, who maybe didn't have to go down the leagues to come back up and then they didn't didn't want to do the running and they didn't want to stick their heads in and yeah phil just wanted that commitment and uh i think that's ultimately sort of it, it was his downfall of a few clubs but for, for me personally he said he, he wanted me there he liked me as a player i'd enjoyed the time there financially Colchester were never going to offer massive money because they couldn't, they weren't a big club. So that wasn't ever really an issue. Um, And I was from Chelmsford originally, so it was 15 miles down the road, something like that. So um, to start with, I could commute from my mum and dad's and then then I bought a flat in Chelmsford. So um, yeah, it was on my doorstep to a degree (laughs) and I knew they had a good squad uh, and, at the time, the manager as well. So, yeah, it was, it was an easy decision for me um, and he basically said, if, if you're fit and you're playing well, you'll start. So, yeah, you know, that, was, that was a bonus. That, as well.
2: that is, yeah. <laughs> I think he's just been unlucky, Phil Parkinson, really, when you look at the clubs he's got into. They seem like Sunderland and Bolton, he's gone mm-hmm. to some clubs in an absolute state, hasn't he? He did well at Bradford, didn't he, as well? So,
0: yeah, yeah,
2: yeah the ability yeah yeah
1: i mean like you said he's he's done well at some clubs and other ones yeah there's been bad situations around him when he's taken over or or when he's left um financially but yeah i mean like i said i I never had a a problem playing playing for phil he set out every player on the pitch and said this is the bare minimum i want from you Mm -hmm. give me that and i'm happy and obviously when you get to a standard where you can do that week in week out then you can start to add things to it, and, and like I said, we had a good team. We had like Neil Dans and Kev Watson was playing in there. Um, like I said, we had Richard Garcia Doogie, um, who'd been at Colchester all his career. He, he was a good player. Um, so it was yeah, one of them where I think we got the recruitment was good. I think their scouts and stuff were very good.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: They were able to pick up free transfers. Um, and they knew the lads, they knew that they had the right characters. And I think that's what ultimately uh, got us promoted that season.
3: Yeah. I think there might be something in that loop where you're saying Sutter, he's, he's not done amazingly well at the sort of bigger, poorly run clubs, your Boltons and your Sunderlands. Because they're probably signing wrong players. They're probably signing these players who who have been at higher level and they might not want to do that, that dirty work, like yeah. you said. Some like, yeah.
2: just always go off at names, were not they? Yeah, and yeah. In League yeah. One. Yeah. Yeah. At the end of the day, I think that if I might be wrong in saying this, but off the top of my head, I'd say it's probably right. But I think that's probably Colchester's most successful period in their history. I I think. think. I don't know if it did the championship before or after, but.
1: No, I think that was the first time. I'd say it was was the first time they got, first time they got to the championship, I think. Um, I think it was, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that first season, they did brilliantly. Started badly, but did finish really well. Uh, second season they started to lose players yeah it was, it was easy pickings for teams they knew the lads weren't on big money they knew the club would take offers on players so um yeah like i said ultimately i reckon all 11 of of the of the, of the team the starting 11 went on to play at least championship level at other clubs as well so no it nice. was yeah def- definitely their most successful time <laughs>
3: Was that when they signed Teddy Sheringham or have I made that look? <laughs> he went yeah, t- they,
1: they, yeah, they did. Didn't they? Yeah, they did. Yeah. They, <laughs> they signed him um, the first year in the championship, I think it was. Yeah. I, didn't um,
3: do well. I didn't think he did too, buddy. Either. I'm sure he scored a few goals. What yeah,
1: about 48. Yeah. He, he, did. <laughs> <laughs> he, did, he did well, I think. Um, and again, but I was. I used to speak to the lads and they all used to say he was brilliant. Mm. Not, no no airs and graces. He came in, he worked hard, he helped lads out. Um, like I said, ultimately, he, he did well on the pitch for him as well. So um, that was a, it was a great signing for him. And I, yeah. I don't know whether maybe Kev Watson had something to do with that because um, he knew him from Tottenham. Yeah. Um, and then I think when he took over at Stevenage, he took Kev as his assistant. So, so he must have known him quite well, I think. Mm. Um, so yeah, I think, think Kev, Kev probably had a bit of a helping hand with that one. <laughs>
0: So we have touched on it then, the promotion season with Colchester up into the Championship. How was that like for a player and sort of the celebrations at the end of the season?
1: Yeah, it, it was uh, it was brilliant. I mean, it went right right down to the wire. Um, we had to get, I think we had to get a point away at the Oval to, to cement second place. Um, as it was brentford i think ended up losing that day so even if we'd lost we still would have gone up um but that was the long one of the longest 90 minutes of football i'd ever (laughs) ever played it was it just felt like like the alamo they were coming at us all the time we were just heading and kicking everything like just wanted the game to finish but um the the Colchester fans filled the away end absolutely rammed it was um and yeah afterwards the celebrations were great you know i had a few drinks on the bus. And, um, I think we went out into Colchester afterwards. Um, and then a few, few, few days later we did like an open top bus thing. That, that was good.
4: Um,
1: as much as we didn't think there'd be many people there what there actually was, it it was good. We went to the town hall and met the mayor and everything. So no, it was, um, it was a brilliant experience. Um, and like you said, for, for a club of that size, it was never expected. So that was, that was one thing we (laughs) Because we never expected to go up, the bonuses never got put on the league. <laughs> <laughs> they always got put in the FA Cup and, and leagues, league cup, and stuff like that. So um we got promoted, and I played thirty old games that season, and I got something like eighteen hundred quid after tax. <laughs>
4: <laughs> we even
1: promoted to the championship.
4: <laughs> Bloody hell! <laughs> yeah. what
1: <do> you know? <laughs> so we uh, we went to a wedding in Mauritius that year. We got got we got to the airport, and I thought. I upgrade graders, so my now wife. I basically spent my whole promotion bonus on upgrading us one way to Mauritius. <laughs>
3: <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> uh, so, a, um, sorry, Nick. I just wondered, because them games like that where it's ended season and, you know, I mean, there might be two teams either fighting to go or put to go down. You always see fans, don't you? Now they're checking on the phone, but they just don't like radio to your ear and that. Did you yeah. in that game, We we like what what Brentford doing or I, I imagine managers like we do our we do our game don't worry about worry about that but fans are always trying to come up with new chance don't they one yeah, nil. yeah I, I, I
1: think I think we were getting I think we were getting the scores from from the fans I think um but obviously like you said second half we were shooting towards the away fans mm. so we couldn't really hear them um, yeah. but like you said, a few of the lads would be saying like, oh, this is happening, that's happening. Um, but the other thing was like the time that always annoyed me. No one would ever tell you how long you had left. <laughs> so you couldn't, you could have had 30 seconds left. You just didn't know because yeah. everybody's wrapped up in it and just overexcited to the point where you need a level head just to say oh, like 30 seconds left, just stick it in the corners and get off the pitch sort of thing. But, um, oh, it, it was brilliant. It was a great, great group of lads. Um and I think we went to Marbella at the end of that. That that summer they took us to Marbella as a bit of a you know a thank you for it and a congratulations. Mm. It was uh yeah, that was a good few days we had out there as well.
2: If yeah. Only <laughs> Parkinson or someone else would just shouted out don't worry, they're losing anyway. Then he could have <laughs> got you got your uh got your sandals on already and just kicked
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that's the danger isn't it if, if yeah. you're relying on sort of thinking oh we don't have to do anything now there's always that chance with football it'll, it'll swing the result and go the other way yeah. um so yeah I, th- I think we did it the right way just getting on with our game trying yeah. to yeah. trying to do what we had to do so uh yeah all works all works out right yeah <laughs> I suppose a
0: perfect example of that is the Man United Man City in and last minute Aguero
2: sorry Josh I know you're not going to like that one but <laughs> I
3: mean, never the day, day, I'm not mentioning that
2: Bill <laughs> Jones's face is it away at Sunderland when he's like yeah, yeah. <laughs> when he out, clap. <laughs> so in that,
0: in that summer then after you've just got promotion you head out to Preston how does that Come about for a player to sort of know that there's a deal on the table for you to sort of go and move over to another club
1: um i'd i was on a, i was on a bosman i was on a free transfer um and i i have to look at it and I, and I i sort of think Colchester did it as if to say look you've helped us out we're going to do you a bit of a favor mm-hmm. um they didn't offer me anything until after the deadline when, when I could then start speaking to or, or seeing what it was about. Um, but it wasn't actually until pre-season had started uh, I ended up going to Preston. Mm. Um, there was a few clubs and unfortunately <laughs> every other one got promoted to the Premiership except <laughs> Preston. Um, <laughs> there was a made an offer um, and I was willing to accept it. Mm. But then they put a transfer embargo on Phil Parkinson taking any players from Colchester.
3: All right, okay.
1: Which, if I was going to argue the toss, I'm pretty sure I could have gone to court and said well, that's stopping me earning a living. But yeah, yeah. you haven't got time to do that, have you? So um, that got put by the wayside just because I wasn't able to do it. Um, and then there, I was left with Stoke, Preston, and Burnley. Mm.
2: You didn't come to Burnley um, Liam what's wrong with you <laughs> burnley fan <laughs> it
1: it never it never materialized it was it was one of them where i just seemed to be waiting and waiting and then i got an offer from preston which was the same money colchester had offered they just said look come up we'll give you the same deal see how it goes they had done brilliant our last three seasons i think they've done really well in two of them i just thought yeah let's have a crack at that um yeah. and it and yeah, ended up working out for me i played every league game bar one um so i played 49 games i think in total that season um and, and got a new contract off the, off the back of that um so no i love my time up there i, I still live close to it now i live about 15 miles away so mm. i've got married two kids and, and still go and watch them do a bit of commentary every now and again so uh, no. uh Really, really, really enjoy the time, Preston.
0: Yeah. I, th- I think that's always quite interesting, isn't it, about the sort of close call moves that you can sort of... Who was it? I think it was Martin Carruthers, weren't it, who was saying about he had rumours to be going to a couple of different clubs. But yeah. has there ever been one where it's been quite a close call that like you've nearly signed for him, other than the Northampton one?
1: There was, like I said, that when I went to left Colchester, there was a few clubs interested. Then whilst I was at Preston, there was West Brom, apparently,
4: mm-hmm. wanted
1: me and St. Ledger. Mm. Um, we played them twice that season and we played well both times, uh, like me and Ledge, um, and they wanted both of us, I think. Um, but again, that, that, for whatever reason, and and this is the problem as a, as a player, you don't know what's going on. Um, when, when I was at Arsenal, West Brom wanted to sign me, Mm. they wanted to sign me and John Halls. We were were both with the same agent and the same agent who was trying to rip me off. um, He wanted two agency fees rather than one for doing the deals. And it fell through West Brom wouldn't do it, but the club, the agents never told me until I left them. So Mm. yeah, so I would have been 19, maybe 20. So I could have gone from there to, I think, Megson was manager. Could have gone and worked under Megson and who knows what would have happened, but it didn't come about. And then at Preston, I was doing well. Irvine came in and I was doing well under Irvine and I I snapped my Achilles at Charlton in the March, I think it was. And Chris Kamara was in the players lounge before the game. Telling everybody who was listening, this lad's going places, and blah blah blah. And and I know that there was uh, now a, a very financially struggling northwest club we were in the prem at the time, um, right. who wanted, who were saying, end of the season we'll, we'll make a bid.
4: Yeah,
1: but I snapped my Achilles in March, and it wow. never never materialised. Yes. But that's that's football. That's what happens. So yeah, it's not not a great deal you can do.
2: Yeah. Oh, what? With that Preston team, obviously, yeah, off the top of my head, Nugent, David Nugent, uh, Sean St-Ledger, like you say. Simon Whaley, you were always a player that played well against... Yeah. And Burnley. Yeah. I don't know what happened really to him, but you had a good side. And it always shocked me, you never quite... And that's not just from your seasons there, Liam, but even like the ones before and after. They've never quite made that step. Is there anything you feel like we're lacking in the team at all? or?
1: And um Everyone like around
2: Preston has 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 done it, and they've not been better teams. Like Burnley, when we first went up and drawing coil we weren't a better team. We just maybe had a bit of luck. Yeah, Blackpool even far smaller. Yeah.
1: No, it was like I said, our, our team was good. We had first season, we had uh, Carlo Nash in goal. Yeah. We had uh, mm-hmm. Matty Hill and Callum Davidson left backs. Me Ledge, Mwinnie um, M- was injured that season, so he didn't. He didn't play. Um, Graham Alexander, Simon Whaley, Paul McKenna. We had Danny Dickey, and Brett Rod right there as well. Um, we had a little winger, Louis Neal. He used to come on and, and, and he, he was a good player. Um, we, we did, yeah, like I said, we had Nugent as well. We had a good, I would say, a very good start in 11. Mm-hmm we didn't particularly have strength in depth. I mean, to be fair, we actually had Kelvin Wilson there. <laughs> and, the, and the Gaffer decided he didn't like him and got rid of him. Um, he did all right for himself going to Celtic, and, and, yeah. and I think he probably proved the Gaffer wrong with that one. But <laughs> um, but um he used to play right back, centre back. He was a good, he was a good player. Patrick Adjaman as well. Mm-hmm. He was like the quickest thing you'd seen on two legs. He was unbelievable. Um, he'd
2: come off the bench and absolutely shit yeah. you up with his pace, he
1: would. Oh, he was unbelievable. He yeah. could just... I remember pre-season, we were doing these sprint things, like to Combs and back. He lapped He, he lapped people, he, he was like one ahead <laughs> of everybody, he was that quick. Um, but no, like I said, we, we had a good There were a good group of lads, had a good 11, 12, 13 players. And then it came to Christmas and we really needed to invest some money. Mm. Derby were doing it. But they were buying players that weren't necessarily all-round great players. They were just filling holes that were going to help. Yeah. Um, and we signed... Who did we sign? The lad who played for Bolton uh, made one England appearance. Michael...
2: Oh, Ricketts. Ricketts. Oh, yeah. Oh, we had him at Burnley. Um, he was gash at Burnley. Sorry
1: I think we signed him on a free transfer. We signed a lad Pavel um, from uh, Eastern European country. He, he was a good player. He did play in the Champions League and stuff. Um, but we just didn't, we didn't get the right players. Um, and then we ended up missing out on goal difference. I think from the playoffs. But we were top of the top of the league at Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, it, 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 yeah, it just felt like when we really needed it that little bit of money spending, they they couldn't do it or they weren't willing to do it. Um, And ultimately, it's uh, it cost them. But it's you look at them now and they're one of the few clubs that financially are secure. I know they've got like a billionaire owning them, but um, they're they're pretty self-sufficient, I think. They have to sell players every every now and again, I think, to clear the debts. But um, no, it was a good setup and and at some point they should get into the premiership hopefully I'll see
2: oh. it yeah <laughs> nice mean,
0: to bring that rivalry back will not it Lou?
2: yeah I, I mean you know there'll be some Burnley fans might watch this and think what are you saying we hate Preston um, <laughs> but you know I, I miss that Derby it, we had some amazing game. it was never nil nil Burnley Preston. it was always like 3-2 4-3 I remember they batted 5-3 once at Deepdale and the, I would say probably the biggest club never to play in the Premier League at this point they must be up there I would have thought, yeah. I can't think of anyone else that fits that criterion. Um, no, they're,
1: they're, they're, they're a massive club, like I said, yeah. the, the derbies with Burnley were were brilliant. I think I played in one that was either 4-3 three or 3-2. Three, Ledge scored an own goal, which... Oh yeah, I well, remember that. Cool. <laughs> uh, Andy, Gray? <laughs> Andy Gray, that's it, yeah. Um, but no, we had, we had some good, good games there. But that was another one, you know, where we were saying about you didn't know how long was left. Yeah. And we got it back level and i remember running to go and get the ball to take a throwing because i wanted to go and win the game i'm thinking no you're playing a local derby probably like 80 something minutes should have just been leaving the ball and taking your time but that was just you get caught up in the emotion and uh, yeah that was that was a good game and another time we played i think we beat beat your know, melz might have scored a penalty or something um and i ended up having <laughs> you had a lad sent off and you had Akin Bayi on the bench and the big goalkeeper, what was his name? Ryan, uh, Ryan Jensen. Yes. They, <laughs> came on the, they came on the pitch when, when the referee was sending the lad off. And I got a bit involved, heat of the moment, telling them telling them where to go and what I was going to do. <laughs> 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 In sort of, when, when you sober up a bit from it, you go, Christ, what have I done there? And uh, luckily, Louis Neal knew Addy from Stoke
4: yeah,
1: and Addy come out after the game <laughs> during the cool down and he thought Chris Sedgwick was me and he went for Chris Sedgwick and Chris Sedgwick very quickly pointed his finger and went, I've got chum as he is and, pointed <laughs> like and he came over and I thought I'm either gonna have to like go toe to toe with him here or have to think of something and he just started telling me what he was going to do and how he was going to rip my head off and this and that and i just went yeah mate you probably would <laughs> he went what i went yeah you probably would you're a big lad you probably yeah you would ripped me head off and he just went oh right okay walked off and then louie had to go and pull him and Addie like went i'll tell him i didn't mean it i got got wound up and this and that but i have to admit i was sat in my house looking out the window thinking fucking Addy going to
4: turn
1: up, in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, that was a, a good game, a good memory.
4: <laughs>
0: cool, yeah. So you had an amazing four years with Preston and I know we've sort of spoke a little bit about it, but you did rupture your Achilles tendon in a pre-match game, weren't it? I think it was in the warm-up. Yes, yeah, uh, in the warm-up. But it's, well, it says that you was coming back towards August, but the schedule should have been all the way back in December. So how did you get back to fitness sort of such a quick rate? Was it more sort of routine and sort of the strength uh, strength training, or was it sort of the way your mentality were to get back playing football?
1: Um, I think it was a little, little bit of both, really. I mean, we got, we had Matt Jackson, Was the assistant at the time, he was the physio. Um, we had uh Radcliffe as as well, who went to Man United. Um, as uh, he was at Southampton, he went Man United, he was involved with the Wales set up as well. Um, he was there as well. So, I mean, I had decent, good, good physios there, but I remember it's so boring the rehab from Achilles' injury. It's like so many weeks of literally your foot in a, a plaster cast, can't move it, just got to sit and watch TV. Mm. Um, and then they take it off and then you like push, you try and push your toes against the wall because you, you lose all the strength in your, in your calf and everything. Mm. So it literally starts out just pushing against things. Uh, and then it gets to a stage where right. You can get off the crutches, you can walk,
4: mm. try and
1: walk. Well, I don't know if you've ever been to Preston's old training ground, I doubt you probably have, but it was Springfield and it was a little bit uphill. Mm. I I couldn't drive at the time, my wife said, I'll come and pick you up. And, um, it felt like I'd never walked before. It was, it was horrendous. I felt embarrassed the way I was walking
4: Mm.
1: because I couldn't push off that foot. I was just like so slow. And it was just like, (laughs) it was demoralizing, I hate it. but then they said we just need to do it more and more so go and make a cup of tea when you're making a cup of tea try and lift yourself up on your foot mm. go and cut the lawn so i used to get the lawn mower and walk around behind the lawn mower with it um mm. but yeah it, it, it was hard It was really tough coming back um but then it got to the point where i could start jumping and things like that yeah and i had to jump off of a box onto the floor and the, th- the theater didn't tell me at the time but he was like i a lot of people wouldn't have done it, mm. but, but I just just jumped off it and landed on it um, and it was fine. But what he didn't know was <laughs> during uh, one of my days off, we'd had a party at the house and one of the balls had gone in the ditch, just the other side of our garden. And I jumped down onto what was a, um, a pallet, you know, like a wooden pallet
4: yeah.
1: that someone had put in the ditch <laughs> and it had been there for, must have been ages and it was rotten. And when i jumped oh. on it i went i went through it <laughs> so i'd already jumped and tested me uh, my ankle <laughs> so when he said jump off that box i was like yeah, i'll be fine i've done it before. Be all right. um, but yeah I, I i just wanted to get back playing so anything they told me to do i just did it um but unfortunately there's other things as well i, I got back quickly but then i got other problems with nerves in the legs and stuff i mm. think from where i had been sat for so long and um it, it just took ages for it to get get back to normal Um so i'd be training for a while and then the nerve would just go tight it'd give me i don't know if it was tamazi pan, it weren't far off it to mm. try and relax me so i used to have to go into training and i'd sit on the bed and all the lads would go out to training and i'd look at the physio and I'd go can i take one they go yeah i would take it and i would just sleep because i couldn't i couldn't take it before i came to training because i wouldn't be able to drive
4: yeah
1: so i had to take it whilst so there's a training and basically <laughs> fall asleep and then wake up do a bit of training and then get back in the car and go home it was a was <laughs> yeah, a good day yeah, yeah. It, was, it was it was a strange stuff that it makes yeah. you sleep it definitely <laughs> relaxes you <laughs>
3: I mean, you, you talk about that and you see you see players come back don't you like you might be out for say nine months like using liverpool as an example with van dyke coming back when he does like a lot of people are saying oh when he's back they'll be back to normal but you don't know the effects that that injury might have on him mentally like you say other yeah. things and could be if he ever yeah. gets back which i think he will because he's class but could be another six months before he's right back at his at his peak because there are all all other effects that a big injury has
1: yeah it's, it's there's so much involved in it like you said you've got the mental side of it mm. where does he feel right to play then you've got the physical side where he just hasn't he wouldn't have played football for ages um and then you've also got i remember matty upson did did his ligament uh, his knee ligaments uh, arsenal and he did all the rehab you know strength uh, training weights running Looked brilliant flying got back into training and he was like bambi on ice
4: yeah
1: it, because the, the 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 training's so different it's so hard to replicate and he'd be turning he'd be slipping or yeah. he just couldn't get himself going but eventually he did he got he got back back to where he was. But I remember watching him feeling quite sad for him because it was like, at that point, I'd never really had a really bad injury. And to see someone who was a few years older than me and been doing well, had a bad injury and then really seemed to struggle when he came back. But yeah, it's it's a tough one. I mean, I can look back now that I've finished and say that I never came back the same as I was Mm. after I had that injury. I'm sure there's plenty of fans who can tell you that. But <laughs> I, I, I knew it myself. There was I was never a great long distance runner, but believe it or not, I was actually quite quick mm. over like shorter distances. Um, and I lost that explosiveness. I, I ne- it never bothered me playing against small sharp strikers because, like I said, I, I used to quite enjoy it. Mm. Um, but I came back and, and, I, and I couldn't couldn't do it. And I'd come home and I'd do extra running down the road myself. and. Try and do extra bits to try and get back but it never never got One, well, the first thing the, the surgeon said to me was your calf will never be as big as the other one mm-hmm. doesn't matter what you do it'll never be as big and it and it never did and it still isn't so if i wear skinny jeans which a man <laughs> of my age probably shouldn't it's, t- it's tight on my left calf but loose on my right one because they're it, just not the same sizes so um yeah it's, it's one of them it's you try to kick yourself a bit because you want to keep on playing and i'm glad i did keep on going um there was a few times i said i wanted to pack it in after the injury yeah because it was just so mentally tough to do but the physios were like no we're getting you through it and i'm glad they did uh because i ended up going to different clubs and getting promoted and stuff and it was all part of the experience but um yeah it, it could take you months to come back and even then he might not be as sharp, he might not be as quick. You just, you won't know. He'll know, but whether he admits it, he yeah, yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs>
0: so the last thing that I wanted to touch on before we got to a little five-question quiz, if that's all right, yeah. is did you have any superstitions before the game? So I know there's players who sort of like to hop onto a pitch before the game on one foot or touched the ground before. Did you have any sort of weird superstitions or routines before going out?
3: Um, the only weird ones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they I don't would, have to be mental. <laughs> <laughs> it can be anything. No,
1: I, I, I had little things that probably are strange when you, when you think about it. Um, I'd always put my left shin pad and boot on before I put the other one on. Right. Um, I would, at half time, only eat the red and black wine gums but they are the best that wasn't because they're the best ones it was just something in me too too red and too black i don't know why i've been getting a red
0: card and a black (laughs) eye.
2: if there were no no red and black wine gums when you got in the dressing room liam would you have said i want fruit pastels would you have just said i'm not eating any wine gums today
1: (laughs) no i don't never have gone that far (laughs) Now, I was quite happy with them and Jaffa cakes and oh yeah things that, that so I, I was quite happy with that but um nowadays I think they have everything you could ever want we, we, we played man city in an FA Cup game and he walked into a changing room and it was like a, a buffet you'd have at like a wedding <laughs> well no, not a wedding like the no, kids a 10 year old kid's birthday party it was just like every sweet and cake you could think of was just just there just the quick energy so um But no, I did that. I'm trying to think what else. Warm-up-wise, when I got on the pitch, I always used to do a double. You know when you jump up and bring your knees up?
4: Mm, I used to do like
1: two or three of them. Always used to do it. To the point even my wife noticed it and used to take the mickey. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you're doing a little dance again. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I think that was probably, probably it. I don't think. I'd never wear gloves or anything like that um and I'd always prefer to wear short sleeves as well even if it's mm. cold but, yeah uh, that, that was probably it
2: I always think centre-back should, to be fair I think if, you, if you're wearing long sleeve and gloves at centre-back I fancy yeah. it answers against you there's something going on
1: <laughs> yeah that, uh, whenever I came out I'd see a striker with gloves on or an under on top
2: <laughs> and even
1: leggings because I used to wear leggings every now and again I think he, he don't fancy it um, <laughs> I'll have the beating of him today and nine times out of ten you're right because if you you stood there and you're thinking about being cold Mm. then it's going to affect you whereas if you just go out and get on with it you warm up within about five minutes you don't you don't feel it Mm. so it makes me laugh now they go on about Paul Tierney don't they how he's like cut cut from different cloth because he wears short sleeves for every game you (laughs) think that was every player when I played it was like
0: (laughs) It was. Someone's, someone's got a long sleeve top on, Jill's, Jill was there going, I'm snapping you. <laughs> I mean, it
3: all changed about 10 years ago when they started wearing them snoods, didn't they? <laughs> yeah.
0: Tervez brought
1: them into fashion, didn't it? No, all went, all went strange.
4: Yeah. You, have,
1: you have to be a professional at Arsenal to wear gloves and, and trousers. If it was snowing or the weather was cold, so we turned pro and we were like brilliant get the gloves out for training and that and then they changed the rules because it went to an academy and uh, everything was seen as bullying and you couldn't yeah. treat people differently yeah. everybody just got the same stuff so we weren't to turn pro to get you know so- someone to clean our boots and this and that and they changed the rules and went no you got to clean your own boots aren't cleaning boots and you can wear whatever you want and they're like we went through three years of like being treated <laughs> second-class citizens, and now they're getting
0: the <laughs> Yeah, right, Josh. I'll let you go through the quiz.
3: Yeah, okay. So we do this with every guest. It's uh, it's called the Tommy Lee Pro Five Quiz because Tommy, uh, earned the name in the naming rights, he was the first to get five out of five. So um, <laughs> just five, five quick questions just about your career. Okay. Uh, but we'll go straight in. So, number one, you scored eight league goals in your 300, pl- 300 plus league games. Who was your first league goal against? And it oh, was when you were on, on loan at Notts County.
1: Yeah, it was uh, Bristol City. It was, yeah. 3 2. I've only ever seen it once. Have you? Yeah. Um, and I pulled my hamstring as I hit the shot. <laughs> I, I went, I went straight down the tunnel behind the goal at Ashton Gate. Pulled my hamstring, and went straight off the pitch.
2: You know, you've when you fold your hamstring.
1: That's what happens when you run from inside your own half to centre back in open play. Brilliant goal it was as well, outside my right foot, in off the post. I pulled my hamstring. So, uh, yeah, I'll never forget that one. <laughs>
3: Let's try and dig that one out. <laughs> uh, uh, number two, you received four red cards in your career in England. And I'll say that because <laughs> was the one in Belgium as well. Yeah,
1: there was. It was horrendous. It was the worst red card you've ever seen.
3: <laughs> but that's that's that summed up my time in Belgium. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so your four red cards in England. Can you remember who they were again? And I can I can help you with who they're for if you're struggling. Um. One was against Rotherham. Yeah, the Carling Cup game for, for Carling Cup game.
1: Yeah. Um, one was against Port Vale. Yeah. Two yellow, two yellow cards yeah. uh, for Colchester as well in the league. Oh. <sighs> this is terrible. Let me see. Oh. Red card at Wolves. Yeah. That against. wasn't a red card either. Was um, it? <laughs> <laughs> who was the other one?
3: Uh, who was it against? That's the question. Oh, sorry, <laughs> who was it for <laughs> uh, It was for Telford in the conference. Uh, no, I couldn't tell you. Who was it? At Mansfield Town, 2-2 draw. <coughs> Did I get sent off in that
1: game? (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, you definitely did. (laughs) To be honest, I don't even remember getting sent off in that. Well, there you go. I've
3: learned something new (laughs) (laughs) there. Number three um, Which teammate have you made the most appearances alongside? Is it Chris Sedgwick, Sam Stockley, or Greg Halford? I'd say it was Sedgwick, Chris Sedgwick. Uh, Chris Sedgwick was 94. Greg Holford 84. Sam Stockley 96. <coughs> Stockley by a couple.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I was on, I was on loan there two years there. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> it was close. A lot with uh, with Chris Sedgwick. Um, Right, number four. Who was your favourite opponent? And by that I mean which team did you win the most games against? It's a, a choice of three. Three uh, Yorkshire clubs. Rotherham United, Sheffield Wednesday or Barnsley? I've made them difficult this week. I'm that's sorry. say, mate, bloody hell, that's a tough one. It's the, I would think it's between Barnsley
1: and Sheffield Wednesday. It is between hmm. Barnsley and
2: Sheffield Wednesday. Well, it's 50-50.
1: <laughs> general, I, I, I can't even remember
3: losing to Sheffield Wednesday, so I'm going to say that. It was Sheffield Wednesday. Six, <laughs> six times you beat him. I think it was six wins and three draws, I think, in nine games. So, yeah. not, not but, a bad record. It was always...
1: They were a club that I always liked playing against them because of their stadium. Mm. Yeah. So whenever you whenever you went there, it was always nice, big pitch, loads of fans. Um, it, it was one. Of the, it, was, it probably worked against them playing there. Um, but yeah, I always yeah. enjoyed playing against them. Yeah, they're a bit of a sleeping
3: giant as well, aren't they? Need to. Yeah, be. a bit, big, big, big club, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of them. <laughs> a lot of sleeping joints now. <laughs> <laughs> um and final question. Question five. Which manager did you make the most appearances for? I'd say that with Phil Parkinson. Yes, correct. 112 appearances. Um Well done. Um which manager did, did you was, was he your favourite, Phil? Um I joined. Joined it at uh, Colchester with him.
1: Yeah, I mean, like I said, he, 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 he was quite a good coach. Yeah. Defensively, he was good. Um, I didn't mind Paul Simpson. Paul Simpson got a lot of stick at Preston, but I thought he was all right. Um, Irvine was a brilliant coach, very good coach. Was a good manager, but yeah. not as good as he not as good as he was as a coach. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't mind playing playing under uh, who did we have Mickey Adams. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He was uh, he was a good manager. I well I, I enjoyed playing under
4: him
1: uh, yeah. Paul Bales, but no, I'd uh, like I said I enjoyed playing uh, at Colchester. So um, yeah, I'd probably say probably say Parky, yeah.
3: Yeah, and just to flip it, I'm not going to ask for details, but is there any managers that you you didn't like playing under?
1: Yeah, plenty. (laughs) You got a list. Um, Number one would be Mad Dog Martin Allen.
2: Yeah, two weeks in a row we've had his name crop up in it. (laughs)
1: The the man was absolutely off his head. Um, (laughs) I don't don't know whether he played up to it a bit. uh, In all honesty, yeah, Um, but. It's not, not very often you go on a trip at an end of season and it's the manager who gets complaints at the club <laughs> from, from the public who saw him. Um, but yeah, me and him didn't, didn't particularly see eye to eye. yeah, he, um, he made my life very difficult when I was at Knox County. He, uh, he, he tried to try to do me for breach of contract tried tried to um I actually lived in Nottingham when I first joined. Uh we had about five managers in a season and um I wasn't playing. I, I hadn't done well when I joined, I wasn't fit, I got injured, um fans didn't like me at the time. So it got to Christmas and I thought you know what, I'm going back home.
4: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: and there was me and a couple of other lads, Ben Burgess lived in Blackpool. John Harley lived in Orton, like near Ormskirk, and I live just down the road from him. So we were like, we'll all drive together. We'll, we'll meet up and take in turns. And, uh, he, he took over, uh, my and Alan, and he just didn't want us. He, he, he pulled us in and basically said, if you can find the club, you can leave. And I was like, right. Okay. So did look to try and find the club. None of us could get out and, um, he just yeah treated us horrendously like training with the kids um it would get to like a friday they'd need 11v11 for team shape and he'd call the kids over and someone got injured saying so no one else but me and i went to join in and he shouted about well, what what the fuck is he coming over it for don't want him so i think they used him as mm. a member of staff or something um he he tried to get all three of us to sign something to say we refused to live in nottingham which would have then meant he could have done us for like a breach of contract because there's a clause in the contract about being offered suitable accommodation or something like that um we actually rang up the pfa the pfa rang the club or rang him and said we know what you're trying to do (laughs) and if you do it we'll take you to court
4: right
1: so um yeah i trained with the kids he'd have me in on saturdays to do press-ups and run for five minutes down the Trent next to the river uh, and then drive home. So that's like yeah. three, three hour round journey for 10, 15 minutes. Um, but yeah, he, he was a strange, strange one. He sent, sent me out on loan and I did well at Port Vale, came back and he had to play me. And we started winning and it, it killed him, absolutely <laughs> killed him. And I said to the lads, the first game we lose, I'll get dropped again. And we mm-hmm. did, we lost and he dropped me. And then they lost again and he put me back in and we ended up winning. He <laughs> was always one, like one game away from getting sacked. And eventually he got sacked at Hartlepool. We got beat there, but he used to bring his dog in, his dog had shit on the first team pitch at Meadow Lane and the ground would have to pick it up. The dog had piss in, like in the corner of the rooms and stuff. And oh. um, he called me in for a conversation one day <laughs> and he said, do you think I've treated you badly? And I said, yeah, I said, you won't, you won't let me train with you, you won't let me into team meetings, you won't tell me the squad, it's like you think I'm going to try and stitch you up or something. He said, yeah, I, I'll use this language, but I don't know if I'm allowed to, um, Yeah,
4: Trust he me. said, "You can."
1: You... all right, I think I might have treated you like, like a cunt, he said, do you think so? And I went, yeah, you treated me like a cunt. <laughs> Right. Um well I don't want to talk in the office, he said, because I think they're bugging it. Oh, I think the board of is bugging the oh, office. what? And what? I just looked who's at it. Like, All right, Martin, I'm off.
2: <laughs> who's there, the PFA? <laughs> who's, who's who's bugging yeah. office? <laughs> Oh, oh yeah, mad! Yeah. I want Who to get Dennis to Rain Wesley on one episode together. <laughs> it's, a, oh, it's a competition to yeah. find out who's the most crazy. <laughs>
1: I heard stories about him because obviously I knew lads at Preston, and uh, yeah, he uh, there were some stories come out, and then we played him when I was at Port Vale, and we beat him. And Tom Pope yeah. got asked a question in a paper, I think it was, and they said, "Would you ever play for Graham Wesley?" And he said, "From what I've heard, there wouldn't be enough money in the world to make me play for Graham Wesley." he got a phone call from his agent saying they'd received a letter or a phone call from wesley's lawyer saying he was going to try and if he said it again or didn't retract the comment he would do it for defamation of character <laughs> at, at the time i was doing law i was studying law so i pulled popey and said mate it's your opinion you can say what you want i said they, they can't do you for defamation because you said in my opinion yeah and um, so he was like oh well this is just ridiculous i was like just just forget about it but i don't i think
2: he's done that to other people i think he's threatened other people yeah
3: it's
2: got wear on obviously at x preston um yeah. and he he liked him because he had him from stevenage but yeah. who know the other Marco o'brien we had yeah, on Mark O'Brien. yeah and again liked him because he did well at Newport but so much stuff we were being told it's just <laughs> insanity he, I don't know if you've watched it but with Scott Laird he said that he <clears throat> he put a boot table up in the dressing room and all players came in and they were like oh so this doing it so you know playing around and then Wesley storms in and he said this uh, this is the team that you're playing today and they good. They're good on the ball the decent and then he puts <laughs> his hand behind a whiteboard and pulls out a, tra- a toy tractor and goes And what you need to do is fucking run him over <laughs> 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 yeah he's uh <laughs> cat.
1: did 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 the lad say about the time he wrestled somebody in the changing room at Hillsborough no. he, he had like his right hand man as well didn't he I, I don't know what his name was um Dino. Yeah, Dino has him. quite a big fella. And they went after one of the centre halves in the changing room, like tried to, to wrestle him in the changing room. And apparently he managed to pin one of them, like Wesley or Dino. And he showed him up a bit and he got up, sort of saying, oh, I was only joking, that's the reaction I wanted from you and this and that. And I was like, he's, he's absolutely off his head. Why would you want to start fighting your players before a game? It's just like, I don't know, the, the mentality is just, just crazy. So I'm quite glad I
3: was done. <laughs> I'll probably
1: get a phone call now saying that. You know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't think it's, anything beats uh, the Wilder story,
0: does it? Does it, Luke? Yeah. No. Oh, God, yeah. forgot yeah. about that.
2: Sorry, I'll let you tell it. Go on, it's funny. Um, that was Scott Laird, wasn't it, as well? Anyway? Yeah. And he said that um, whenever they were playing Northampton, obviously, Wilder were managing them before he went on to Sheffield United and everything, in the run up to the game for like let's say the week prior every day been up to the game at random times of the night three o'clock in the morning and everything graham wesley would be ringing him up and going wilder <laughs> and just hanging up yeah
0: didn't wilder colored him as well after the game, saying you ever ring my fucking phone again at night <laughs> yeah
3: wow. But yeah i love doing this because it's so much stories that we hear <laughs> amazing liam thank you so much for giving us your time mate you've been you. an absolute pleasure um yeah thank you so much i hope you keep well and yeah, best of luck no thank, thank you i enjoyed it
1: Brilliant. and uh yeah thank you for your time thank you for thank
3: your love. Cheers, Liam
1: thanks mate, yourself, mate. you See too
3: Pie and a pine. Pie
2: and a pine. Pie and